Last week, the first week of Advent, the coming forth, we spoke about peace. The peace that prevails, the peace that passes all understanding. And so I relight the first candle, peace. And today, the second Sunday, because we don't always do them in the right, I won't say the right order, the same order as more traditional places, because I wanted this song done this week and I wanted Patrick to sing it. So we switched weeks. There are no rules. And so this Sunday, today, the focus is on hope, Advent hope, the hope of things to come. And our, our, our hope is filled with vision, vision of good, vision of truth, vision of light, vision of wonder. We give thanks for our hope because it leads to our faith and our belief. So we light the candle of hope. And it is done. So now let's talk about David Friedman wrote that song. Oh, I didn't know it's David Friedman's song. I like it better now. <laughs> what? Or not? No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't go there. Did you hear me with her? Do I have to start with you? Back there in resentment row. <laughs> so that's. I really, really like that song. And if we had a, a a church full of children, we wouldn't be doing that song. As David says, though, when he has sung it in places with children, he says, remember, it is just a song. Because there's that one line in it about Santa. <laughs> and it, uh, or the absence of Santa. But in that, uh, within that lyric, there is hope. And what it comes down to is, I hope what I think isn't true. I hope my fears and my doubts aren't true. I hope any negativity I have about life isn't true. I hope, and I know I share that hope with a lot of people. Not necessarily everyone. There are perennially happy people. Joy-filled people. They just walk around with pixie dust. <laughs> All of, oh, Jay Rogers just entered the room. <laughs> the friend of ours who made his transition recently. And he sang a song and he had pixie dust. Anyway. And so within that hope, a friend of mine asked me this past week, I was speaking with a group, and he said, would you talk about the difference between faith, trust, and hope? Because he wasn't clear on the difference. Well, let me tell you now, hope is always about the future. Hope is never about the present, except I am here right now hoping for something. But hoping always means it's coming. And as I talked last week, the Advent thing, the coming of the Christ. But it, 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 if we're going to talk, it means it's got to happen now, not at midnight, December 24th, 25th. It's, it means the, the coming of the Christ is now, every day, all day. It can't just be at a certain time of year. This time of year, we use it symbolically to remind us, just as we use Easter to remind us, as we use all the different various holidays and what have you, to remind us of what's already in us if we are willing to know it. And so we try to keep finding new ways to talk about it. And so this week I looked at faith, trust, and hope. And my, my hope, my goodness, I hope that I will wake up. But do I yet believe it? Do I yet trust 
that I am going to wake up. My thought is, if I did, I would go ahead and wake up now. If, if, if I did believe it, if it were within my faith barrel. You know, some of us, I, I remember years ago, and a teacher, I, she was leading a meditation. Olga Butterworth is her name. And, and we had, everybody had a little request during it. And one person said, well, Olga, I know that fear is the opposite of faith. And she said, oh, no, no, no. Fear is faith. It's faith in what you're afraid of. So you see, faith isn't just about God. Oh, the faith is in the light. No, no, no. A lot of people, that, well, my faith is. And I'll tell you, for so many of us, our faith is actually in the absence of presence. Our faith is in the absence of today because we're so focused on tomorrow and yesterday. We're focused, we're so worried that what happened yesterday is going to happen tomorrow, and we miss out on the joy of today, the possibility of today. I grew up in a household like that. And, and we had joyful moments. It's not like it was all misery and abuse. There were fun times. And, at the same, and I loved the present moment. Uh, you know what? Laughing with my grandmother and stuff. And mostly my grandmother, my friend Tammy. Uh, we, we did things. And it was always in the present. We weren't spending our lives, our days, thinking of all about the future. It's, we were laughing about not playing a game, doing whatever. And uh, I, I wasn't always imagining the good that we'll have next week. If anything, I was dreading what might happen next week. But right now, often was okay. Or I found a way to make it okay. I'd get into something, I'd do, do something to tune out, whatever. But I would make right now okay because I didn't want to sit here terrified of tomorrow. I didn't want to ruin, like, oh, when they, when they change... I hope it gets better. No, it has to be now. Every, all good has to happen now. I was 14 the year I decided we were going to have a great Christmas. And I just simply decided it. I didn't do anything in particular to make it happen. I just decided enough is enough in this family. No more miserable Christmases. We had a great Christmas. Now, as I say, that's also the year I won the argument to smoke at home. But... <laughs> <laughs> As a little boy, 14-year-old, my own ashtray, big pile of presents and a, my own ashtray. My brother's like, what? She said, he has no one to set an example for. You did. <laughs> Him. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, but we had a, oh, it was fun that year. Fun. Everybody played well together. There were no extraneous marriages going on that year. It, it was just, we, it was nice and nice dinner and everybody conversed. I, I remember feeling it. Because I decided, I just decided, how, now how do I have the power to decide? I don't know, but I do. And I don't, I, there's no manipulation. I'll tell you something, yesterday something took place that I could not have planned for, that I still don't understand how it happened. I just believe it happened. And it was some energy that was on my side. I was in my office, I was talking with Marianne Sassano, and I looked up, and on the top of a bookcase, I have this wicker basket, it's not very wide, but about this long, and it was sitting out like six inches from the top of the shelf, and I thought, what's going on here? Nobody, nobody can get in here. How did that basket get pushed that far out? My first thought was an animal, somehow it was up there, pushing it out, pushing it out, pushing it out. 
And I thought, I don't know. So I, I reached up and I, I, I shook it. Nothing, no reaction. I pulled it down. Well, it's the New Year's letters. And I'd forgotten to send them out on December 1st. Now, what's going on in the world that that basket gets pushed out to remind me, send out those letters? You'll be receiving yours this week if you wrote one last year. They're all stamped, ready to go to the post office tomorrow. But it's like, I can't decide that. You know, one could say, oh, I hope I remember to mail them next year when we do, well, on New Year's Day when we do our letters. But I can't decide things like that. I can have faith that the universe is on my side, it's on your side, it's on our side, it's working with and for all of us. I can decide that within my belief system. And I have reached the point where I can accept, I don't know how. I just, I don't know how it happens. I know life has been happening for a lot of people for a long time. Anybody? <laughs> life been happening for you a long time, right? And people you have loved have lived, people you, you, well, people you have loved have died, and people you don't like have lived, which is very confusing to me. I always say, it's hard for me to accept that the people I don't like have friends. <laughs> some, what, what's going on with that? Uh, but life keeps happening, and it is my faith that it is somehow good. And that doesn't mean Yahoo, Yahoo, you know, your, your, your husband made his transition, good for you. It doesn't mean that. It means there's still no absence of good in this, but I don't know why. And I don't know how, but I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. I paid, I paid attention a lot of years ago. And, and I thought, there is, I'm not getting the payoff I want from placing my faith in the absence of good. Anybody? Anybody? You, when you place your faith, your belief system, and someone said, I don't do that. And I said, well, let's listen to your conversation. Let's play back. <laughs> let's play back your conversation from the other day at breakfast or whatever. Uh, and it's like everything that's wrong with your life, everything that's wrong in life, it's wrong with those people, that's wrong with your money, with your health, with your, with your parents, your, you, you know, your children, whatever. And you'll, just, you'll say, oh, my faith is really in the absence of good. And I didn't even know it. I didn't. I'm planning for the workmen to disappoint me in my house. No, that's not us. We don't have any workmen coming. But you know what I mean. I remember when we were doing construction on the house. And it's like, oh, you, know, you practically plan for disappointment. So what does that tell me? Oh, my faith is that I'm not supported. And I don't want my faith to be directed in an absence of support. I want my faith directed and I am supported by the universe whether the workmen show up or not. I don't need the workmen to show up to prove where my faith lies. I don't need the amount of cash I have to prove whether or not I am good or whether or not I am loved. I don't need you to smile at me today to prove whether or not I am loved. It's nice though, feel free. Uh, but that, the, the point is, I need to rethink everything daily. I cannot go keep going around complaining about the sorry state of affairs in the world, and I have so many friends who do. 
And it's, you know, and it's, oh, this is, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen. And the, wor- the opposing parties say the same thing. It's the worst thing ever. And it's like, what, the, what are you talking about? What ha- where, where is your God in all this? Where is your love in all this? Where is your peace and your joy in all this? And where is your perspective in all this? I understand this life we're playing is a game. So I ask you, are you playing it well? Are you, pl- are you playing it as a victim? Are you playing the game of life? Uh, who wrote the book? Florence Govel Shin wrote the book. Uh, you old, you old time unity minister. Uh, wrote, she wasn't old when she wrote it. Back then, she was a new thought minister. New York City. She ran the New York City church, I think in the 20s. Oh, wow. and, and, and she wrote a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And it's always placing your faith in God. Not God, who supernatural God, but G-O-D, good orderly direction. Placing your faith that there is a support system for you that you can't always see and sometimes don't even feel. I remember praying with someone who was, it was a, it was a, a unity person and they were, they were telling me about their life and and, and, and I prayed affirmatively, and, and at the end she said, well, I hope so. I thought, you don't yet believe that it's possible. And that's all we're talking about here. Is it possible that it could be, work out differently than what, the way you're afraid it will? Is it possible? And so to look at that and say, oh, well, is it possible? Sure, why not? And I've had moments where I've, I wanted to resist and say, no, that's not possible. That's not going to happen. But what if it does? Has anyone had anything ever taken place in your life that seemed like a miracle? That seemed like, that, that's not possible that that could happen. And it did. This good that happened. How, how could that be possible? And what is a miracle except everyday events that we don't understand, that we can't describe because there aren't words to describe it. So when I came to Unity and, and I found out that I was good, it was a lovely day, let me tell you, and I was not an abomination to God and to man. I was a Sean and I was inherently loved. And I didn't know how I was loved, but I knew that I was. I didn't know how I was good because, believe me, I had a lot of behaviors before that would have, that would have, could have told me otherwise had I chosen to believe those. And at one point I did. I didn't know how I was good, but I was. But it had nothing to do with earthly stuff. It had nothing to do with rules. And then I found out, oh, it's within divine law. As I continued to study, within divine law, we're all good. We don't have to like each other to admit we're all somehow good. We don't even all have to be well-behaved. Some, some, some people have the most atrocious behavior on earth. You may have met some of them. You may be one of them. I don't know. But uh, at the same time, in spirit, we're good. And all healing is possible. And all prosperity is possible. You know, to take risks. I know so many of you who have taken great risks in life and they have paid off. It's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do it. And then wonderful things happened as a result. And you didn't know how 
they would turn out. Artistry, it, you know, it's one of the, anybody sits down and puts pen to paper has no idea how it's going to turn out. A lot of people won't put the pen to paper because they don't know how it's going to get published. They don't know who will ever buy it. So they won't put the pen to paper. Some people want to dance. They really want to dance, but they're afraid to because everybody's going to laugh at them. They don't know the steps. Dance anyway. At a retreat one year in New York, I remember, we're talking about artistry, and, and, and some one woman said, oh, I can't even draw a straight line. And I said, well, then you need an audience that likes a crooked line. <laughs> artistry is still artistry. You know, David wrote that song. Patrick sang it in a way that he heard it. These uh, Patrick did the earlier songs in the way that he heard it, and it's all artistry, and it's all individuality. And he's not bound by the notes. I said you are bound by the words. <laughs> yeah, I said David notices the ands and the buts. <laughs> but, but, if Patrick had done it differently, David wouldn't have run up to the stage and said, stop, trust me, I have... Confused hands and butts when singing a David Friedman song. Yeah, I get reminded afterward. <laughs> but he's not mad at me. It's just the, there's an intention in a, in a lot of lyrics. Deb writes songs. You know you have an intention when you write. There's book writers. Suzanne writes books. And uh, some of you, I don't want to. I know there's other. Is there any other writers here? Wow. Oh, yeah. You have a book. You wanted it laid out a certain way. If, if the publisher or editor had mixed it all up, you wouldn't have been happy about it because it, would, it would have lost your point of view. And, and, and so my trust is that there's a flow flowing through me and that flow loves me because it can't not love me. I, uh, David talks, tells a story about when he, he was with two other musicians once, and one was saying, how do I write a song? The other says, how do I do this? And David said, how do I play the piano? <laughs> it's just before he went on. Said, how do I play the piano? Which is not a great thought to have just before you sit down at the piano. You know, when I get up to sing a song, I often think, does this verse come this one or the next one? And often I'll go up because I start thinking about it rather than having the conversation within the song. When I have the conversation within the song, I know my words. When I start thinking about it while I'm singing, out the door it goes. None of it's a crime. And I don't get rewards if I do it well. If I remember everything, there's no reward. Nobody gives me a star. I don't get paid extra. I just uh, move on realizing, oh, Sean, you weren't paying attention to what you need to pay attention to. So, in this, this Advent season, the awakening of the Christ within us, the coming of it, right, right here, right now. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to where you're directing your faith and your hope. In your hope, do you believe it can take place? Is there faith and trust within your hope? Even if you're hoping next week this will happen, because maybe you can't, can't get it till next week. So I hope it's ready. But within your faith, are you planning 
for it, for it to be ready and knowing you're okay even if it isn't. That you are not somehow spiritually diminished if your plans don't work out. Patrick's about to, about to sing a song that uh, it's about rising up in life. It's about climbing up, as it were, in our thoughts and our thinking. And let's all take this season, this beautiful day. I call it beautiful because I can. If it were pouring down rain, I could still call it beautiful because it's today. And I would rather call today beautiful than bad. And so to go from here into here and 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 here and here and here. I'm this way. I'm always here. I'm never trying to get there. Never there. And I'm never back there. I'm here. Spirit, tell me about here. Because my faith is that if I ask, I will be told. And I will be told that here is somehow good. Thank you. Thank you.